Hello there, and welcome to the Crypto Frontier. I'm Jonathan Miller, Managing Director of Kraken Australia, and here on the Crypto Frontier, we will hear from the industry's best and brightest about the latest news in crypto and blockchain from Australia and around the world. Whether you haven't yet bought your first Bitcoin or want to better understand the latest DeFi token or development in blockchain, this show will go behind the scenes with founders, experts, and industry professionals to explore the technology that powers the future of finance. Please note that this podcast does not constitute financial product advice. You should consider obtaining independent advice from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Today, it's a pleasure to bring to you a conversation I had with Arjit Tripathi from Aave. Aave is one of the market-leading decentralized lending platforms, a clearing protocol for liquidity built on the blockchain and designed for the future of finance. I spoke to Arjit about his journey from consulting and traditional finance, or TradFi, to the open source world of DeFi. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So Arjit, thanks very much for for joining me today. Good morning to you. I'd, I'd love to start the conversation by learning a little bit about how you came to crypto. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my background is in traditional finance, work for investment banks uh, across front, middle and back office uh you know in different areas and but i started as an engineer you know back in 1997 98 uh you know right in the at the beginning of the dot-com boom uh you know when the web one and web two were kind of getting started and then web one rather and uh, you know being an engineer uh after uh you know the libor crisis hit and the and by uh, bob diamond it was uh, summarily removed by the UK regulator. Uh, you know, I, I joined PwC and at PwC, my I was doing things that were important, but not, you know, particularly interesting to an engineer. Uh, so there was an opportunity in, in the fintech practice to work on blockchain. Uh, and at that time, you know, there was no revenue on blockchain technology or anything. So there were very few people who wanted to do it and i thought you know the technology was really fascinating and uh, you know uh, this was the day when blight masters and other senior bankers were talking about the applications of blockchain technology in post trade services in you know making capital markets far more efficient so yeah so i got involved with the, the blockchain technology and helped build out uh, the practice did a lot of global business development uh, for pwc helped close some very large deals and then uh, i i got I, I met joe lubin who is the founder one of the founders of ethereum and consensus in luxembourg and uh, i had some really interesting things to say to joe uh, which basically were you know, I, I pretty much said that the approach that, uh, you know, uh, Joe was taking didn't actually make sense. And, and we had a really nice debate about that. I mean, in, in, in the hindsight, he was right. And I, in, in hindsight, he was wrong. And sorry, he was right. And I was wrong. And, uh, you know, there are things that I hadn't seen that uh, foreseen that he had. So, yeah. So Joe said, why don't you just come work, you know, work with us? And yeah, so I got involved in in building the the fintech uh, the financial services practice at consensus uh, helped grow you know the, the firm uh, quickly a little bit too quickly if you will and you know then the ethereum crisis hit and uh, so so my first uh, crypto role was at binance you know before that i was doing 
blockchain technology and and as the meme and the joke goes i was in it for the technology i still am uh, <laughs> but i think <laughs> so crypto I, I think binance was my first crypto role and you know i was uh, essentially driving a lot of revenue uh, by bringing a lot of fiat uh, to the exchange and uh, yeah so so then then i met uh, stanny and you know we we so stanny wanted someone who has a kind of a deep background in tradfi to start building bridges between mm-hmm. you know traditional finance and 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 defi and you know uh, so so yeah so this is kind of the the most interesting and uh, you know rather important work i've ever done so i'm really wow. happy doing what i'm doing now Right. Well, look at you now. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I'm still in it. I'm still in it for the technology, by the way. But that's a discussion yeah, we need to have. Yeah. Right? Well, no. I think that's it exactly. And I think um, the, what's amazing about the, I guess, Arve and and a lot of these more recent um, DeFi protocols is that they are protocols first, right? And but yet they are also money. Well, well, finance. I guess is a better word for it. Okay. Tell me about the start then of of, of Arve. So I met Stanny the first time in 2017, and I, you know, I have a history of uh, I think being wrong about things uh, sometimes. And and in 2017, I think uh, you know Stanny was building Ethland, and 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 I I didn't think Ethland was you know uh, gonna scale. So because it was peer to peer, and uh, you know what uh, what I didn't see at that time is that you know Stanny just like Joe and some of the other you know, uh, incredible founders in the Ethereum space was going to make it work anyway. So so the Aave protocol is such a, you know, such a scalable, uh, really robust, uh, secure, you know, uh, software, really well designed. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the work Stanny has done in terms of building the community and sort of building a brand and being, you know, uh, sort of as a founder, having tremendous integrity to build something that's really lasting and important. I think that that's something I didn't see back in 2017. So in 20, mm. 2020, uh, you know, when I met Stanny again, he was uh, looking to set up something in London. And, uh, you know, he was looking for, uh, you know, someone to sort of start building bridges between TradFi and, and, and DeFi. And I had done a lot of that work at Consensus, you know, taking Ethereum technology to banks when banks simply didn't want to talk about Ethereum, right? So I, I think one of the, some of the work I did at Consensus in, you know, uh, contributing to big projects like Congo, you know, uh, some of the work with BBVA and, and, and a number of financial services clients was particularly handy because, you know, I had a, a pretty rich network across the Ethereum community uh and and traditional finance so so stani i think uh, so i was essentially so stani i think you know sees things a year or two at least ahead and he's kind of a long-term thinker uh so he wanted someone to come in and start you know doing educating the traditional financial world uh, institutions and so on about what's going on in DeFi, what's the long term on this, and you know I've learned a lot from just uh, working with Sani and, and the rest of the team. Sani has built a phenomenal team. So yeah, so so I think I continued down the path of you know just taking some of this Web three technology and Ethereum uh, to 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 traditional financial institutions and uh, and you know having uh, I think some credibility on both sides has been very 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 handy and. You know, talking to central bankers, regulators, uh, you know, financial institutions, crypto native as well as you know traditional financial institutions, in a, uh, as to you know what we can do together, 
and you know how sort of financial institutions can get in more involved in you know in in using this uh, technology to build something far more you know robust and scalable so i think in terms of you know when i was talking to joe in 2016 and uh, what i is i i think you know where i i probably got wrong what i probably got wrong is that you know this technology only makes sense on open networks right so if you take uh, you know ethereum inside uh, the the firewalls of four banks then it's it's not quite the same thing you know it's uh, it's a bit of a, the blockchain is a database once you have a uh, once you have a small number of entities uh, starting effective control so 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 i think with defi what we are seeing is that you know we are seeing the the foundations of what we call web3 uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, you know the the idea of uh, an, an internet that's that's a little that's a lot less centralized than you know what we see with facebook google apple this whole advertising based internet and and i think defi is sort of starting to uh, you know layer the first primitives for that that internet of value and and ave you know is such a fundamental uh, foundational component of that uh, layer of the internet of value the foundational layer that is been quite quite mind blowing for me personally to you know to cross over to the side and really see what's what what the what the builders are doing well instrumental i think is probably a good word so so for those people who don't know what ave is and there might be some who are listening to this pro, uh, podcast that don't uh, could you indulge me by just kind of giving giving us an overview so how, how does ave work yeah so ave is is a set of smart contracts uh, smart contracts are like object oriented scripts if you will uh, deploy it on the on the public ethereum blockchain and what these smart contracts in the collective do is users can deposit their crypto assets you know so suppliers of liquidity if you have let's say access crypto or access liquidity uh, you you can deposit that into a pool contract and you know other people can essentially borrow from the pool so so it's a and this pool which uh, creates a peer to protocol architecture right where you everybody is interacting with software and doesn't need to find the other sort of a counterparty allows uh, people to exchange liquidity uh, very efficiently and at scale so ave currently has you know 30 plus billion in liquidity across uh, ethereum avalanche and polygon networks and uh, most of you know people mostly use ave to to let's say you know post collateral and the collateral is typically bitcoin ethereum and other crypto assets and to borrow you know stable coins against that collateral so uh, so uh, so say you don't want to sell your crypto assets because you know you see the the trending prices and the prices keep going up and you don't want to you know get into a, a scenario where you suddenly end up with a very large tax bill what you can do for liquidity is you can deposit your crypto assets into the ave protocol on one of the networks uh, you know where it's been deployed and then you can against your collateral borrow and it does not you know there are no people involved in this it's a multi sided market and uh, you know it's completely automated decentralized meaning so the decentralization is a critical part of this right so unlike let's say blockfi or genesis or some of the other centralized entities the ave protocol is governed by you know the 100000 plus token holders around the world who essentially vote uh, through a mecha- through a through a dao effectively 
uh, on pretty much all decisions to you know uh, whether it's code changes risk parameters uh, governance decisions anything at all so decentralized governance for essentially a mutualized you know system for exchanging liquidity uh, is kind of you know what uh, the other protocol does yeah i mean a boring analogy would be to say that it's a it's a cross border mutual, um, <laughs> but it 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 really does um, bring that core function that banks normally uh, undertake in in tradfi um, to to Web three. It's 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 the blend. I mean, I remember seeing, I remember lend, um, if lend, uh, the launch, and and it was one of those timing things as well with with that kind of uh, ICO craze and. And and I guess you you know a, a pretty pretty sharp end to that phase, but but some of the projects, some of the ideas like that one, you know, I had the view that that this is exactly where this is a use case, right? Like a real, a really large, a really big use case for for blockchain uh, decentralized yeah. lending lending markets, and so it's just so amazing to see to see its growth. So where where's Aave today? How how much is on the platform? Yeah, so I think a couple of things uh, need to be clarified, right? So this is uh, the, this, so Aave protocol isn't. Uh, I don't think it's a good, fair, you know, good comparison with the banking system. So uh, first of all, banking is a you know. The, so if you there is a really wonderful book called Money, uh, you know, by Felix Martin, and he talks about the history of money and you know banking and how banks came in, came into being. So banks essentially clear credit, right? So their role is to sort of provide a social technology for for clearing credit and whether it's done in software or you know whether it's done in done by people it's a it's and, and banks do asset liability management right so they essentially have they have short dated deposits and they have long dated uh, you know loans outstanding at any given point so long dated assets and short dated liabilities and then they do risk management across those assets and liabilities so the other protocol is not uh, is is not uh, like that it's a you know, so the, it's it's software, and I think every time you interact with the, the Aave protocol, you are interacting with software, which makes it a very, you know, new type of transaction that we don't see in traditional finance, right? So, and then it's also not about clearing credit; it's about clearing liquidity. So, mm-hmm. you know, think think of DeFi as uh, as sort of you know the the next generation market infrastructure. With fintech, what we have seen is, you know, the the rails are still the same. So, you know, you have the visas and MasterCards interchange networks that charge, I mean, to be honest, a crazy amount of fee and sometimes 1.5 to 2.5% and on every transaction. Uh, then you have Swift, you know. So, so uh, what has happened is that, you know, market infrastructure is now, most of our market infrastructure, whether it's DTCC, Swift or or, or, you know, Visa or MasterCard is now at 50, 60, 40, 50 years old. And and the technology underlying those messaging networks or, you know, clunky legacy systems hasn't been upgraded in a very long time, right? So now with enterprise blockchain, we were trying to do that, you know, with, uh, but then, <laughs> you know, the last thing that legacy institutions want to do is disrupt themselves with new technology, right? So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> and they have regulatory protections, so which doesn't help, you know. So there is there is a whole army of uh, there is a whole lobby, and there is you know, <clears throat> it's the immune system of the traditional system that stands ready to defend uh, defend the the incumbents at any given time. So 
so what we have seen is uh, with defa is that you know the the creators and the engineers have built uh, sort of an alternative uh, infrastructure anyway and uh, you know so defi protocols are starting to sort of create that a very early stage right so it's only 233 billion out of uh, let's say 100 trillion in a 200 trillion odd in in equity and debt market capital today so uh, so so it's very early stage of creating uh, you know, new internet-based infrastructure for markets, right? Which is efficient, which is automated, which is cross-border, which is transparent and starts from first, first principles, uh, you know, uh, and and I think that's a remarkable shift. So what we're seeing is, uh, is kind of, it's, it's more on the, you know, software that's creating infrastructure. It's not replacing banking. It's not, I don't think it's even competing with banking. You know, banking is a social uh, technology, not a, uh, it's, it's a function of the society mm. to, you know, uh, but, but but I think the infrastructure for, the backend infrastructure for FinTech is being rebuilt in the form of DeFi. Well, it's a good point you raise. I think that, that in the end, any traditional uh, owner of liquidity, including, you know, those clearers of credit, um, banks could, could use this technology, right? And and, and absolutely, awesome. yeah. So so there is a journey to participating in decentralized finance, right? So uh, you know most uh, institutions have to start with Bitcoin first, because you know that's where most of the the clarity is. There are lots of systems and processes that already exist that are amenable to traditional finance. You know, you see the Bitcoin futures CTF, and you see custodial services, and you know mm-hmm. so Bitcoin now. Bitcoin started as a revolution, but now it fits really well into the structures of traditional finance, right? And that's not a criticism. Uh, you know, at some point, revolutions uh, end up in a synthesis with the existing system. So Bitcoin is is the most comfortable or familiar asset for traditional finance. So most people start with Bitcoin, then they, you know, uh, go down the rabbit hole, find Ethereum, you know, start working with stable coins. And the next step is DeFi. So, so what we're seeing is that the journey to Bitcoin for a lot of mm-hmm. institutions is still... You know, slow, but the journey from Bitcoin to to DeFi is actually quite rapid. So, so most of the institutions that are currently participating in DeFi are, you know, uh, hedge funds and family offices, uh, mostly proprietary capital or endowments through, you know, indirectly through venture funds and you know, crypto funds and and hedge funds. There is less client money at this point, mm-hmm. and you know, at this, and that's primarily because of. Uh, you know, uh, I think certain regulatory concerns and, uh, you know, lack of KYC and AML and certain other factors uh, like, you know, a smart contract risk and so on. So before you deploy client money into into DeFi, you know, you have to have the right sort of, you know, understanding terms and conditions, investment policy mandates with, uh, with, with customers and create some products. So we've seen a lot more proprietary capital flow in uh, than let's say client money but you know now we are starting uh, and and when it comes to retail money right like uh, revolut and banks uh, then the the product creation process is even longer so uh, so 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 i think we are currently traversing the journey from you know proprietary capital to asset managers and then the next step will be banks and retail uh, fintechs now uh, but you know the, the 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 interesting part is there is a lot of interest so so you know we have uh, done some experiments with uh, with one of the largest payments companies in the world that I can name. Unfortunately, we have done uh, four uh, you know presentations recently for a very large mutual fund, some of the one of the largest in the world. 
about how they can potentially access DeFi. Uh, we have, you know, spoken to all of the biggest investment banks in the world, sometimes to audiences of, you know, two, 300 people. So what we're doing is a lot of education. Uh, and I think what's particularly exciting for me is, you know, uh, for us is the idea that uh, institutions can get involved in the governance of protocols. And then, you know, uh, the, a lot of the expertise in traditional finance and uh, a lot of the expertise in traditional finance can then contribute to far more, you know, sophisticated, robust, scalable systems for this technology to really scale to sort of web scale levels. Yeah, I mean, it's a big journey, but, uh, but the I think the biggest steps have been overcome, which is just um, the the proof out of the use case full stop, like that, that it can happen is is now yeah. is now enough to get to get those those other institutions looking right yeah yeah ultimately look we are building we're engineers right we're not we're not running a financial service we build software and this software can be used in multiple contexts Mm. right it can be used on the on the public permissionless blockchain it can be used on other evm compatible blockchains it can be used in a private permissioned environment any combination of private and public and you know this idea that open source uh, you know that the entire financial system can be open source transparent and automated is is a pretty powerful idea and you know uh, and and no traditional financial institution wants to get disrupted by by sort of the the natural force of how software is starting to eat financial services so uh, and and you know once uh, defi has been featured in wall street journal bloomberg the economist and so on mm-hmm. uh, you know the the road to sort of education becomes a lot easier uh, so what we're doing is really, you know, sharing our expertise and, and, and you know, we're not trying to sell anything when, you know, people are ready, they will use the technology. We have some bank uh, bankers on our developer discord, you know, so, so, so I think the journey has been like way faster than I, mm-hmm. you know, than we thought when I, when I joined and when I started sort of, uh, you know, uh, moonlighting in September and then joined uh, in December. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, the last 12 months have been faster. I mean, stuff has moved so quickly this last 12 months. It's just unbelievable. So I can, I can see how that's happened. Yeah, it's been a very satisfying <laughs> journey. Well, I mean, what I'd like to do in the in the time that we have left is get your view on what the, the biggest challenges are for Ave, and then paint me a picture of of say, I mean, 12 months is, is a long time, but let's go longer. What's, what's, what is the future for, for Ave over the 24 month, five year timeframe? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Ave uh, community has a, has a, has a product roadmap and, uh, uh, you know, and, and that, that evolves a lot because, you know, people come up with new ideas and, you know, it's community owned software and, uh, you know, so Stani has been, uh, and the rest of the team have been very, very, uh, you know, aggressive in decentralizing the protocol. You know, so none of the, uh, so decentralization has been a key priority for the last, uh, you know, 18 months or so. So the protocol has been, you know, very decentralized. A lot of the risk related aspects and, you know, pretty much everything is getting, uh, you know, into a, is being done by different DAOs. Uh, the second thing, you know, so there is a grants program to, you know, include more and more talent uh, from from the from around the world and the growth and building the protocol. Uh, then there is, uh, you know, Ave Arc, which is the the permission market for institutions that n- need to interact only with, you know, KYC uh, 
participants that fireblocks are building there is the centrifuge market that you know uh, centrifuge are building using the ave protocol uh, there is uh, you know we're looking at nfts as collateral in the ave protocol because you know the growth of nfts has been remarkable uh, there are a number of you know <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. gaming and other protocols uh, that are starting to use ave contracts or ave liquidity in their in their software then you know we're doing quite a bit of work that stani has been talking about on uh, on web3 social media uh, and you know uh, nfts so it's quite a rich and you know interesting product roadmap across the community and then there are things you know we don't even know because it's a decentralized protocol sometimes we find out mm-hmm. uh, things that someone has already done using the ave protocol uh, which are you know really fascinating and interesting so of course there is a cross chain roadmap you know we are firmly in a cross chain world now so you know uh, ave exists on uh, avalanche and polygon and at some point might you know exist on other layer 2s uh, you know scaling uh, I, i think zk technology is truly fascinating it's still a, still a bit early uh and and you know i think there are there are other blockchains coming along uh i think there is you know there is uh we seeing quite a bit of innovation in different blockchain ecosystems so at some point our protocol you know will exist on uh, on quite a few of these as well so really exciting times and uh, you know what's the main challenge the challenge is really education if you will i think you know a lot of people uh fear what they don't understand and that's true for defi you know so i think a lot of uh, mm-hmm. uh, so so we spend a lot of time you know uh, just uh, engaging with uh, with the traditional financial system and you know in in education uh, and sort of helping and also learning from learning from the people we interact with right it's not a one way street to see uh, you know what what uh, what the world should look like in in 5 to 10 years time wow yeah well anyone who's been listening uh is definitely you know come a long way down that education path so i have to thank you for that and 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 i'm wishing you guys all all the best with with your future progress and and with the community as well because it's just such a incredible thing to see so so ajit thanks for joining me today and really appreciate your time thank you so much jonathan thanks for making the time thanks everyone for joining me on this show and for tuning in make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier. And remember, you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com/learn. Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller and this has been the Crypto Frontier.